Welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and for the next 25 minutes, Rabbi Schneider is going to continue our study on the covenant names of God. Why does God allow, or even sometimes, as in the Bible, cause sickness in those who follow Him? It's a very tough question, and the question of sickness and suffering isn't a new one. For generations, men and women have tried to unravel this mystery, the anomaly of human suffering. And on today's program, Rabbi Schneider, he's going to shed some light on this very important topic, and I think it'll bring you a lot of peace. As we begin, Rabbi will provide a helpful recap in case you missed any of the previous programs. So let's get started. God bless you and shalom, beloved ones. We're looking at those places in the Hebrew Bible, in the Old Testament, where Yahweh, which is the Father's personal name, reveals himself to his people through one of the saving functions of his grace. In other words, we find in the Hebrew Bible, the Lord saying to Moses, your forefathers knew me as God Almighty. They knew me as El Shaddai, but Moses, by my name, Yahweh, They did not know me. This is my memorial name forever. And then throughout the rest of the Old Testament, Yahweh, Father's personal name, is revealed progressively to the children of Israel through what he does to them in the acts of his saving grace. And so we began looking at Yahweh Yireh, the Lord that provides. Yahweh as our healer. In Exodus chapter 15, 26, we find the Lord revealing himself to Moses and the children of Israel as Yahweh Rofecha or Yahweh Rofi, the Lord, our healer. What we read in Exodus 15, 26 is that the Lord said to Israel, if you'll walk in my ways, give heed to my voice, walk by my statutes and commandments, you're going to experience me as the Lord that healeth thee. If we want to live in the reality of knowing God as our healer, We have to be rightly aligned with him. This is why the Lord said to Israel, if you walk in my ways, you're gonna know me as God, your healer. Oftentimes I find that in the church, people want the health benefits of knowing God as their healer, but yet they continue to walk in unhealthy habits. Either they don't exercise or they eat too much or they don't watch their cholesterol or they don't watch their sugar, or maybe they're living in some other belligerent sin. But the Lord said, you're going to know me in fullness. You'll know me as the Lord, your healer, when you're walking in my ways, when you're following my spirit, when you're yielding to me. Because when we position ourselves to receive Father in fullness, then his fullness is manifest in our lives, including his fullness revealed through us as the provision to keep our flesh healthy. Now, I realize that some of you have questions. And let me say to you, in humility, I don't have all the answers. What I do know is that it is clear in the word of God that our God is a God that healeth thee. I wanna make another observation now, church, from Exodus 15, 26. Notice here that the Lord says that if you'll walk in my ways, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians. Many people teach that the Lord is never responsible for someone getting sick. People teach that sickness is never of God. But look at Exodus 15, 26 with me. Let's read it together. He said, if you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight 
and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you, which I have put on the Egyptians. Who put the diseases on the Egyptians? God is saying here concerning himself, I did. You see, we see other places in scripture as well where God himself takes responsibility for putting sickness on someone. For example, when Aaron and Miriam began to blaspheme Moses, what did God do? He struck them with leprosy. Who did that? God did that. When the children of Israel were in the wilderness grumbling against God, what did God do? He sent serpents to bite them and many died. We read in the book of Revelation that the Lord said concerning Jezebel, I gave her time to repent. God wanted her to repent. God said, I gave her time to repent and she would not. Therefore, I will cast her and those that practice immorality with her onto a bed of sickness. Who's casting her and those that commit immorality with her onto a bed of sickness? God did. And so those that deny that God never puts sickness on someone are really putting blinders on their eyes because they can't handle the portion of the word of God that teaches that sometimes he does because it doesn't fit with their theology. But the truth of the matter is we do see examples in the Bible where God does use sickness to accomplish his own objectives. Now, don't misunderstand. There's a difference between the temporal will of God and the eternal will of God. You see, sometimes God will allow or cause sickness to come upon his people because it's a way of making them dependent on him. Sometimes it's because of sin. Sometimes it's because he's doing something in someone's life because through our weakness, his power is perfected. But God is never interested in keeping somebody permanently sick. That is completely outside of his nature. But to say that he never uses sickness or puts sickness on someone is to deny, beloved, the word of God because it's clear that at times he does. Now, I don't want you to get confused here. Is God a God that wants me to be healed or is God a God that wants me to be sick? God is a God that wants you healed. But sometimes God uses evil to accomplish a higher good. So people that want to deny that God can never use evil or that he never can use Satan for his own purposes or that he never can use sickness. These people, beloved, are burying their head in the sand because they can't deal with the truth. I want to state again, God is a good God. In him there is light and there's no darkness at all. But God, as we say in Hebrew, listen, church, Adon Olam. He is the master of the universe and God uses all things to accomplish his own purpose. Even think about the fall of Adam. Think about this with me for a second. Does God ever use evil to accomplish a higher good? And I'm here to say to you, church, yes. Think about Adam. Adam was in the garden with Eve, right? He was walking in the garden. He knew God, right? But what happened? Satan came into the garden, deceived Eve. Adam and Eve both fell. And the question we have to ask ourselves is, did God want Adam to fall? Was it God's purpose for Satan to deceive Adam so that Adam and Eve would fall and suffer spiritual death? What's the answer to that question? I believe the answer to that question is yes, it was God's purpose for Adam to fall. And here's the reason why. If Adam would have never fallen, Jesus would have never been glorified as the savior of the world. Think about it. When we meet Jesus, we're gonna throw our crowns at his feet and we're gonna say, worthy is the lamb that was slain 
to receive glory, honor, and dominion forever and ever. And we're going to bow down and worship Jesus forever for being our Redeemer and our Savior. This is God's purpose. If Adam and Eve would have never fallen, Jesus would not have been honored and glorified through human beings the same way. Secondly, I want you to consider this. The Bible tells us that the first Adam, the Adam that was in the Garden of Eden, he was a living soul. But the second Adam, the Bible says that the second Adam is the Lord Jesus, that the second Adam is a life-giving spirit. The first Adam lived in God's presence, but the second Adam, Jesus, has given us his own spirit so that the church is actually born of his spirit. This is why Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, that which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of spirit is spirit, you must be born again. Speaking of the new birth of the spirit, you see, Adam, the first Adam in the Garden of Eden, he wasn't born again. He lived in God's presence, but he wasn't born internally of God's spirit. But now that Adam fell and you and I are redeemed through Jesus, we actually have God's spirit living inside us. We're born again. We actually are at a much higher place in terms of the realm of redemption than the first Adam ever was because God's own nature now is part of our own nature. We've been made partakers of the divine nature. He lives in us and through us. And so you see, God used the fall of Adam to glorify Jesus and to elevate those of us that are redeemed into a place of literally being born by a spirit. So we are now the children of God. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus and Rabbi Schneider will be right back. But first, I want to thank everyone who just took part in the Taking the Rainbow Back Collective Action Weekend. Your prayers, your actions, and your willingness to speak out and share the truth of God with our society is making a difference. And we want to share in your successes. If you have a testimony, video, or photo from the weekend, make sure to share it with us at takingtherainbowback.com. Did you know that this ministry is all about preparing the way for the inevitable return of King Jesus? Well, it's true, and we'd love for you to partner with us in this life-changing mission today. Together, we will change lives all over the world. To support this team, call 800-777-7835. That's 800-777-7835. Or you can visit us online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And now here's Rabbi Schneider. So there's a great mystery. This is how big God is. This is why Paul says in the book of Romans, who has known the mind of the Lord? His ways are past finding out. God said, my ways are not your ways. And my thoughts are not your thoughts. Even as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God works all things after the counsel of his own will and causes all things to work together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purposes. And so as we conclude this section on the Lord as our healer, I want to encourage you to trust him. I want to encourage you to know that he loves you, that he has your healing secured through Jesus. Sometimes people are healed in an instant. Sometimes they're healed progressively as they're going. Some are healed when they see him face to face, but I want you to know God's banner over you is healing. I want you to believe him for healing. I want you to ask him to come inside you and infuse you with healing. 
I want to encourage you to ask him to touch your mortal body, to bring life to your mortal body. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I come right now and I shock, Father God, the electrical system, the nervous system of your people. Father, that you would bring each one of us into divine alignment. Father, that you would bring these physical bodies into divine alignment. I know that there's somebody that's out there. You just got healed of a neurological disease as I prayed just now. And Father, I speak shalom over your people now. Father, thank you for revealing yourself to us as Yahweh Rofecha, as the Lord, our healer. Daddy, we trust you. King Jesus, we love you. Thank you for dying on the cross, shedding your blood, being pierced through for our transgressions, wounded for us, for our iniquities, and that by your chastening, we could be made whole. Thank you, Jesus, that in you we're complete and that in you we're healed. Jesus, that by your stripes, we are healed. You are Yahweh Ophecha. You are the Lord, our healer. Praise God. Amen and amen. We're going to move on now, church, to the next Hebrew name of God. It comes from Exodus chapter number 17, verses 12 through 15. It is the revelation of Yahweh as our victory. And you remember the story how they were at war and how Moses' hands began to get weary and they came and they held up Moses' hands and as long as his hands were being held up, then Israel prevailed. Let's begin to read. I'm gonna begin there by reading Exodus chapter 17, eight, and then continuing on through the 12th verse. Then Amalek came and fought against Israel at Rephredidim. Continuing on, but Moses' hands were heavy. Then they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat on it, and Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other. Thus his hands were steady until the sun set. So Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this in a book as a memorial and recite it to Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and named it Yahweh Nisi, the Lord is my banner. Father loves you. King Jesus loves you. And the banner over your life is love and victory. God's banner over your life as Yahweh Nisi is the banner of victory. I want you to state that with me. I want you to confess this. Father, your banner over me is victory. I want you to confess this with me. I am victorious in Jesus. Victory is my portion. Victory is who I am. You are more than a conqueror. You have to believe that about yourself, that you are destined for a victory, that you are a winner, that because Jesus lives in you, by the very nature of the fact that Yeshua lives in you, that you're born of God's spirit, you are destined to overcome everything. You are a victor because you're born again. The spirit, beloved, that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And because he lives in you, you cannot help but overcome. The Bible says, he that's born of God overcomes the world. But as a man thinketh, so he is. I want you to know, as I'm revealing, as I'm ministering, as I'm declaring and proclaiming these covenant names of your Savior over you, you and I need to take a hold of these. These are not just informational. These are revelational and transformational. Beloved ones, when I was 18 years old, 
I ran into a very difficult time in my life. From 18 to 20 years old, church, I was a broken person. I couldn't even look somebody in the eyes. I was walking in such self-defeat. I was living in such misery. I couldn't look you in the eyes because I was so weak and so broken. I had no vision for my life. I had no hope. But then at the age of 20 years old, Jesus supernaturally revealed himself to me. Eventually, somebody said to me, you should go get a New Testament because as a Jewish person, I had never read the New Testament. So what happened was I started reading the New Testament. I came to the book of Ephesians and the book of Ephesians says that I have been raised with Christ and am seated with him in the heavenly places. And so I began to get a mindset. Here I was living in defeat, completely broken. Then Jesus revealed himself to me. I go get a New Testament because of the revelation. I begin to devour the New Testament and I start to read in the New Testament how I've been raised with Christ, seated with him at his right hand. I begin to read in the word of God, beloved, that neither height or death, things past, things present or things to come can separate me from the love of God, but know that I am more than a victor through all these things, that I triumph through all these things. And I began to develop a winner's heart a fighter's heart, a victorious heart. I began to see myself as a winner. I began, beloved, to look up. I began to see myself seated at the right hand of God the Father with Jesus, just like the book of Ephesians tells us. I began to look up as a victor and darkness began to break off of me. And over the years, I've been able by the grace of God working within me in Jesus, I've been able to enter in and to press in to more and more freedom. I had to fight for it, just like the children of Israel had to fight to enter into their promised land. You're going to have to fight for it, but you have to be convinced that because you're called by Jesus, you are a victor. You've been called to victory. Your destiny is victory. And believing that, you're going to look up and begin to fight for your freedom. You're going to begin to fight for your salvation in terms of entering in to the fullest experience of it. God loves you, beloved ones, just like he loves me. And he wants us to enter in to all that he's provided for us in his son. So let's just lift our hearts together. Father God, we worship you today. We love you today. And we agree with you, Father. We're victorious in your son. Thank you, Abba Daddy, in Jesus' name. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, and our Bible teacher is Rabbi Schneider. And as Rabbi mentioned today, victory is our portion. It's who we are in Yeshua. But you can't have a victory without a battle. And you know, all throughout Scripture, we've seen the battles that God's people have had to overcome. And we're even told about the great battle that is to come. So whose name and character is on your banner? Each day we have an opportunity to fly God's banner over us, showing the world who we honor and where our alliances and our allegiances lie. So let me encourage you to surrender control of your life, trust God, and place the battles that you're facing in His hands. I know you will sure be glad that you did. And if you don't know about Jesus and you haven't accepted Him as your Savior, but you'd like to, then please connect with us online. You'll find us at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And when you make that commitment, we want to hear from you because we have a couple of resources that we'd like to send you for free as our way of saying, welcome to the family. We can offer these resources 
resources and this daily program because of the faithful support from friends like you. And to share a little bit more about that, let's hear from Rabbi once again. Beloved, neither you or I would go to a restaurant, order a meal, and then not pay for it, right? But yet we do that with God. I think that's why the Lord said in the book of Malachi, chapter three, will a man rob God? They said, how are we robbing you? The Lord said, in tithes and offerings. We're instructed in scripture to financially support those ministries that are blessing us and feeding us. If discovering the Jewish Jesus, if my life, beloved, in ministry is a blessing to you, would you support it? I'm telling you, the Lord will bless you for honoring him with your wealth. God wants us to respond to his love through our wealth. The book of Proverbs tells us in Proverbs 3, verse 9, this word, honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first fruit of all your produce. I want to ask you, beloved, honor the Lord with your wealth through discovering the Jewish Jesus if he's blessing you through this ministry. To give a financial gift today, all you have to do is call us at 800-777-7835. Or if you would prefer to send a donation in the mail, write to us at Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. As our way of saying thank you for your financial gift, we'll send you Rabbi Schneider's message of the month that's available as a download, along with our current newsletter. And speaking of our newsletter, let me give you a glimpse of what you'll find inside. It's a magazine-style letter, and it contains insightful teaching and timely content from Rabbi and his wife, Cynthia, and the whole Discovering the Jewish Jesus team. You'll even find listener testimonies, stories like the ones we're receiving regarding last weekend's Collective Action Weekend. We spent all weekend shining a light in dark places and rededicated our efforts to take the rainbow back. And the success of this campaign is in part because of listeners like you who stood with us in unity. And to share your story, video, or photos from the weekend, make sure to visit us online at takingtherainbowbag.com. And now let's wrap up today's message with a special blessing. What I love about the ironic blessing is that it did not originate with man. The words actually proceeded from the very essence of God himself. The blessing comes from the book of Numbers chapter six. So listen to these words and receive the blessing of the Lord into your life today. Yahweh, 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 the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up with his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom.
If you'd like more information about Discovering the Jewish Jesus, visit our website at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. You'll find our broadcast schedule, teaching notes, and so much more. And while you're there, let our prayer team pray for you. We lift up each individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. Submit your prayer request or testimony at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. You can also connect with us on your social media outlets to stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook and subscribe on YouTube. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries. Be sure to join us again tomorrow when Rabbi Schneider reveals the God who sanctifies us. That's coming up Friday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus.